got some airtime on the Phil Donahue show, but the most important thing is I was able to speak to that lady and give her life and give her hope. And it was all because Jesus just dropped handfuls of blessings on us that day that we might be able to minister to one person. Amen. faithful and I got to thinking back about how 43 years ago today I was making a three-day journey I've been on my journey this would be my third day from California to Arkansas to become a full-time evangelist and I was thinking God not only have you kept me all of my life before then but all of these 43 years in full-time ministry you have been faithful to this old girl. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just thank God for it. I was um, awakened by the Lord early in the morning. That's when he speaks to me. I prefer the afternoon, but he does not. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about that one of these days. But I was, I was, I woke up and the Lord was saying, read the book of Ruth. I thought, well, okay, I'll read the book of Ruth. And when I was reading the book of Ruth, there were three words that jumped off the page at me and entered into my spirit, and it was handfuls of purpose. Do y'all have that picture? Handfuls of purpose. And we're going to get into that Naomi was married, instead of reading you the whole book of Ruth, I'm just going to tell you about it. Naomi was married. She had two sons, and they were from Bethlehem. And they moved out of Bethlehem to Moab. And there in Moab, Naomi's husband died. And her two sons married, and ten years later, both of her sons died. So I'd say that Naomi kind of had a hard life, wouldn't you? And that left Naomi with her two daughter-in-laws. They were living in Moab. So Naomi told her two daughter-in-laws to go back home and live with their mothers. And the one daughter-in-law did, but the other one, Ruth, would not leave Naomi. In fact, in Ruth, the first chapter, the 16th and the 17th verse, just about four inches, please. There we go. Thank you. This is what Ruth said to her mother-in-law, Naomi, when Naomi tried to get her to go back. She said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord so do to me and much 
and more also, if anything but death, parts you and me. So Ruth had a determined mind that she was going to stay with Naomi. The other daughter-in-law went back. So Naomi and Ruth went back to Bethlehem to live. And when they got there, it was harvest time. They were harvesting barley. The barley was ripe and ready to harvest. And Naomi had a very, everybody say, rich <laughs> brother-in-law. Yeah. I'd just take a rich uncle. I don't care. But she had a rich brother-in-law by the name of Boaz. And Ruth asked Naomi if she could go to the field that Boaz owned and glean the leftovers. In other words, she would go behind the people that were harvesting and she would just pick up the leftovers. Now, when Boaz came out to the field, he saw Ruth, and she was a beautiful woman. And he inquired about her, and he wanted to know who was this lady. So they told him that that's Naomi's daughter-in-law, and that she had asked permission to glean after them. And she had worked from morning till night. Now, Boaz, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but just follow my thinking. Boaz was smitten with Ruth. I mean, he saw her and said, whoa, 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 I've got to have that whoa, whoa, whoa woman. Amen. <laughs> she is something else. And so he went to her. And he said, I don't want you to glean in anybody else's field. In other words, stay close by. And then he invited her to dinner. And he also left instructions with his servant. Now, this is where we read Ruth, to, uh, the second chapter, verse 15 through 20. And this is the text. And when she was risen up to glean... Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And now listen, this is the, this is the verse. And let fall also from the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. In other words... He was saying, I want you to let handfuls of barley fall on purpose. Leave it behind on purpose for her. Drop grains out of your basket. Everybody say, on purpose. For her to have. So, the, verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until Eve and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about the it was about an ephod of barley, which an ephod is almost a bushel. That was pretty good. And she took it up and she went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and she brought forth and gave it to her. She had reserved after she was sufficed or satisfied. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where have you worked? Blessed be he that did 
take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I've worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who hath what? Not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. Everyone loves a good ending to a love story. So here it is. Boaz married Ruth. I'm just going to cut through the chase. He married Ruth, and they had a son named Obed. Obed. <laughs> they had the craziest names in the Bible, I'll tell you what. Obed, did you make your bed? I mean, I'm just telling you. That's where my mind goes. He had a son named Obed. Obed became the father of Jesse. And, of course, you know Jesse was the father of David. So what does that mean? That means Ruth was David's great-grandmother, all because she went out and gleaned in the field. Now, to all the unmarried today, listen up. Don't settle for the first thing that comes along. I've been settling for many years now, but <laughs> guys, God has a Ruth for you somewhere. And ladies, God has a Boaz for you. I heard a minister say this. I liked it. Boaz was a handsome man. Boaz was a rich man. Boaz was a spiritual man. Boaz was a sensitive man, and that equals a husband. <laughs> Amen. God has handpicked someone just for you on purpose. On purpose. Stop looking on the outward appearance and start looking on the heart of the person. Do they love God? Beauty fades, but a kind heart that loves God will never fade. Amen. I want you to pay close attention to chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And again, verse 16 and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them and and leave them handfuls i'm going to say handfuls on purpose that means that boaz did an act of kindness on purpose how many have how many times has our heavenly father given us handfuls of blessings on purpose. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And that's when I normally break down and cry, but I don't want to do it this morning. <laughs> he blesses you on purpose. He intentionally, deliberately, consciously, pours out his blessings on you. 
Have you ever had an unexpected blessing? And you wondered, wow, how did that happen? And it was as though God winked at you. Have you ever had God wink at you? Oh, he's winked so many times at me during my life. I just love God winks. Don't, <laughs> when he gives you that unexpected blessing, it is like he's winking at you. And, and I've, I've read a book, I have a book and I've read it twice now. It's, it's entitled, When God Winks at You. It's a really good book full of a lot of good stories. And recently, God winked at me when it was a rainy day, I don't know, maybe three months ago, two, three months ago, and I had this little thing from the car lot, and I started to rip it in two, and the Spirit of the Lord said, don't do that. So I stopped. And I always go to the ones around Brunswick. You know, you show them, they scratch off these numbers, and you could win a car. I win earbuds. If you need earbuds, hit me up. I am your person. I have a slew of earbuds. So this one was all the way in Brunswick. And I thought, you know, that's like driving a 100 miles round trip. For earbuds. And, and, I, and, I, and I contemplated on it, but the spirit of the Lord was so strong within me. Go, you're going to win the mystery car. And I, okay. So at the last minute, I jumped in my car and I drove down there and it started pouring rain hard and I barely made it in the parking lot five o'clock straight because that's when they were going to draw for the mystery car. So I go in there and I said, have they drawn for the mystery car? No, not yet. Sign, put your, your, your name on this piece of paper and put it in the mystery box. So I put my name on it and I crimped the corner. You know, you do that. And you put it in, that's just more assurance. And, and you put it in the mystery box. And so another person put theirs in and about five minutes later they go to draw. Well, he's just shaking it, and I'm going, don't, don't shake it too hard. My name's on top, and he's just shaking it, shaking it. And he calls this little 10, 12-year-old boy up, and I'm going, okay, God, I'm here. I am ready for that mystery car. That little boy reached in, and he pulled out a name, and I'm just like, listen to this. And they called out Dorothy somebody. <laughs> and I looked up, and I'm like, wait a minute. I drove all this way. That mystery car is supposed to be mine. You told me it would be. And they called her name three times. Well, you got to be present to win. And Dorothy was gone. So he reached in the thing again and he pulled out and he said, Kay Osmond. I said, I'm here, I'm here. It's me, it's me. <laughs> it's Ernest T. And, and I won a car. It's not a new car, but I won a car. And I was like, this is so wonderful. And then I thought, how am I going to drive two cars home? <laughs> so the next day, Alicia drove me up there so I could pick up my mystery car and everything. And I just felt like that whenever um, they called the, the wrong name out first, that God was laughing. He was like... <laughs> I just want you to trust me. And then when he called my name, I could hear, I could just see God winking at me. God winked. God gave me 
a gift on purpose. How many times has God given you a gift on purpose? Amen. Amen. Brother Randy, he gave you Sister Kim on purpose. Amen. Then um, in, in September, I flew to Arkansas. And uh, it had been about, I don't know, 13, 12, 13 years since I had flown. But this church wanted to fly me out there to minister on a Sunday morning and fly me back. So I'm, I stayed with some people in Sanford, and we left that morning like at 5.30, whatever, and we hit every red light in Orlando and got stuck by a train. And Casey, I'm sorry, but the anxiety was building in. I was not worried. I was concerned that I may not make this flight. So I get there, I get my suitcase, and, and I'm wheeling it through, and I walk into a sea of people with suitcases, and they're, you know, they're like a Z. They're like this all the way through. I mean, a hundred people, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, I got to check this luggage in. So I get in line. And then a lot of people get behind me, and I'm thinking, if you think I'm going to miss my plane, you're really going to miss your plane. I'm not saying anything to anybody. I'm just standing there. The line is moving like a turtle. And all I can think in my mind is, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss my plane. I'm going to miss my flight. I'm going to be late. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God dropped handfuls of purpose and this lady that works at the airport walked through that sea of people, walked up to me, put her hand on my suitcase, and said, follow me. Well, she didn't look like Jesus, but I thought, I'm going <laughs> to follow me. And you know they have those, um, those straps like that, and you undo it, and then it retreats into that. She undid that one and, and pulled my suitcase back and looked at me like I said, follow me. And so I'm, I go through there and she puts it back and she does another one and another one and another one. And all of these people are just parting the sea like Moses and we're just walking right on through. And she gets me right up to the counter, puts my suitcase on that scale and looks at me and says, have a nice day. And I, I'm, I'm just kind of shocked. I'm like, what just happened here? And then I went through the, the, the um, security check, you know. The easiest way to go through the security check today, throw yourself on the belt, the whole body, just go. <laughs> Everybody else started doing it too, and then they said, no, 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 I'm just kidding, you know I am. So anyway, I, I was talking, and, and I made my plane on time. And I was telling my sister about it, and she said, did she come up to anybody else and do that? And I said, no. And I said, and I was kind of concerned that people was thinking I was cutting line, and I wasn't. I was just obeying what the lady said to do. I said, I, I just, I was like, I don't know what they were thinking and my sister Margie said, oh, they were thinking royalty has come to town. And I said, well, I've got the royal blood of Jesus flowing through my body. So there you go. Amen. And I just felt like God winked at me that day on purpose. He did something for me that day. And 
Now, this story is for the newbies, for people that have not been here the last two years, because I've shared this story before, but when I was doing this, I felt like that the Lord wanted me to share this. Um, I was conducting four weeks of revival in New York, um, New York, New York, in the 90s, and the, the services went from Sunday morning through Friday night. So for four weeks, I was preaching that many times, and I had Saturday off. My friend Rose, she had Saturdays off. She was a student, and she said, I will be your personal tour guide through New York. I said, okay. So we was walking down the street one day singing, ooh, what did he do? No, we were, <laughs> these songs just pop in my mind. We was walking down the street, and we saw two lines. And I said, what's going on here, Rose? She said, well, I don't know. It was either NBC, CBS, or ABC. It was one of those channels and um so i walked up there and i asked the lady standing at a desk what what is this now for the yes people you will have no clue what i am talking about travis when i say <laughs> it was the phil donahue show <laughs> sister diane knows what that is and i said oh really she said would you like to go and be in the audience today? And I said, yeah, me and my friend Rose. She said, well, where's your ticket? I said, ticket, ticket, who's got a ticket? She said, well, you have to have a ticket and you have to write in for a ticket, you know, months in advance. And I said, oh, well, we don't have a ticket. I'm just here visiting from Arkansas. She said, well, now listen, that line over there, that's for the ticket holders. The line over here is for the non-ticket holders. And you get in that line and there's always people that don't show up and so then, you know, we let you in in order for the people that don't show up. And I said, okay. So we walked away, and I said, well, Rose, you want to take a chance? She said, well, why not? So we stood in line, and then that many more people got behind us. And we were getting closer and closer to the airtime, and this lady steps out of the ticket holder line, and she walked to the back and she started walking and walking and walking and walking. And when she got to me, she stopped. She said, do you have a ticket? I said, oh, no, ma'am, this is the non-ticket holder line. That is the ticket holder line. She said, yes, I know, but I'm not going to go. Would you like to have my ticket? And I got really excited, and then I remembered Rose. And I said, oh, no, I'm here with my friend Rose, and if she can't go, then I won't go either. She said, that's just it. My girlfriend didn't show up, and I have two tickets, and I'd like to give them to you. I said, well, thank you. So we took it, and we, we went from the non-ticket holder line over to the ticket holder line. And we got in there. They ushered Rose and I on the very front row. The very front row. Now, they won't tell you what the show is about because they don't want any biased opinions. They wanted to just spring it on you. And so we're sitting there, and we're just sitting on go. Man, we're excited. Kim, we're at the Phil Donahue Show. I've done told my mama, get the VCR. That's another thing you don't know anything about. Get it set and video it, Mom. And so she was, she, and it videos the next day, so she was going to video it and everything. <clears throat> and so they go... Airtime, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and today's program is on sex addiction. Oh! 
my mama's going to be watching this of all times. Why did it have to be on sex addiction? My heart, and the rules are once you're in, you can't go out. It ain't like church. So, <clears throat> so they open up the curtains. <laughs> I was shocked at what I saw. Four people, two on this side, <clears throat> two on this side, incognito. This woman had a big old black wig on. She had big old black sunglasses on. And they, <laughs> I thought, why come on national television? I mean, people are going to know who you are. But anyway, they went through this whole thing about how that they were addic addicted to SEX. And um, here they are. And the one, one woman said she had given her son a pager. That's another thing you don't know about. Um, and <clears throat> if she was gone during the night with someone and the house caught on fire, she had taught him how to page her to come home to rescue him. Sex addiction. So it just went on and on. And then she talked about, this same woman talked about going to church. She said, I would go to church and birds of a feather flock together. Before I left church, there would be some man that would give me his phone number and I would give him my phone number. I went to church to pick up men. And I thought, wait a minute, I've been going to church all my life. <laughs> That's all we're going to say about that. So... Then Phil goes down in the audience, and this is what he would do at the, toward the end of the show. He'd give the mic to people and let them ask questions. Well, he was down to about two questions left to be asked. And he was standing over here where Zach is, and he said, man, there's 200 people in here, and I bet you every one of you have a question. And he ran over here to where I was sitting, and he put the microphone in my hand, and I stood up. I said, I would like to address my question to the lady that said she went to church. I said, did you ever think about going to your pastor and talking to him and having him to pray with you to break the sex addiction? Do you believe in prayer. Phil Donahue said, took the mic, and I gave the mic back to him, and he said, well, that's a good question. And he looked up at her. She said, well, now, now get, this is what the devil does to you. She said, well, I had seriously thought about going to my pastor, but I felt too filthy. You see what the devil does? He drags you into this junk, and then he makes you feel unworthy to get out of that junk. Amen. She said, I just, I really wanted to, but I felt too filthy to do it. And then there was one more question that got asked, and the show was over. Well, when the show was over, I was prompted by the Holy Spirit, and I stepped up the steps, and I went up to her, and I took her by the hand, and she's sitting down, and she looks up at me, and I said, it doesn't matter if you win big or little in life. One day, when you die, and you are going to die, the only thing that matters 
is if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And tears rolled down her face. She got a lump in her throat. She squeezed my hand and she mouthed, thank you. And I turned around into the arms of security guards. <laughs> Evidently, you just can't go up there on the stage. You can't do that, he said. They said. They said, you can't come up on the stage. And I thought, it's okay. I done did what God wanted me to do, so do with me what you want, you know. They threw me off that stage. <laughs> and I'm walking out the door, and Phil Donahue goes, that was a good question. Thank you for coming. I said, don't touch me, you pervert. And so, anyhow, I went on out. <laughs> Just kidding. But I began to, Rose and I began to think about that day. How that of all the people in the non-ticket holder line, the ladies, God orchestrated this. The lady stopped at us, gave us the tickets. We're like the last in line, but they seat us right in front to where it was accessible to the stage. Phil Donahue could have asked 200 other people. He ran over and asked me, God got some airtime on the Phil Donahue show, but the most important thing is I was able to speak to that lady and give her life and give her hope, and it was all because Jesus just dropped handfuls of blessings on us that day that we might be able to minister to one person. Amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap of glory. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Or what man, this is Jesus. Or what man is there whom if his son asked bread, would he give him a stone? Or if he asked a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good gifts unto them that ask him? Did you hear that? He said, if you've got a child and they want something, are you just going to give them a rock? You're going to give them a serpent? No, you love that child. You're going to give them something. He said, now I love you more than you love your children. And I love to give good gifts to you. Oh, man, when Quentin, my nephew, was about three years old, we went to Walmart and we got out of the car and we're walking in the uh, parking lot to Walmart. And he said, oh, KK, I found a penny. I found a penny. A penny was on the ground. He found a penny. God, I wish he'd be that excited about a penny today. He's 25. Penny don't do nothing for him. But anyway, <laughs> he, I saw how excited he got with that penny. So... Tony, I just began, as he would look another way, I'd begin to drop nickels and, and dimes. I doubt if I dropped a quarter. But I began <laughs> dropping nickels and dimes on the ground. And he'd say, KK, I found a nickel. I found a dime. I found another penny. Oh, KK, this is my day. And man, I tell you what, as happy as he was to receive the gift, <laughs> it brought my heart even more happiness to watch him receive the gift. Amen. 
I didn't have to give it, but I wanted to give it. And our Heavenly Father does the same thing to us. Amen. He doesn't have to give us gifts, but He wants to. He delights, everybody say delights, in giving gifts to His children. One of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 37, 4 and 5. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what the desires of thy heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Thursday is Thanksgiving, and I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that God has his very best interest at heart for you. And he will drop handfuls of blessings on you on purpose, Derek. And he is, I want you to get this out of your mind that God is a mean God. God is not a mean God. God is a loving God. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for your sins that you could be pulled from hell to go to heaven. That's how much God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave, everybody say, on purpose. So Thursday should not be the only day that we go around the table and say what we are thankful for. We should be a thankful people every day of our life. Amen. If God has done something good for you, just give him a hand clap of glory. If he's healed your body, he saved you, he set you free, he helped you with your finances. God is a good, good God. Oh, he is so good. If you feel unworthy of God's gift, don't worry, we're all unworthy. It's just the, that Jesus has made us worthy. If you have done things that have blocked the blessings of God because he said delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, commit yourself unto the Lord, trust in him and he'll bring it to pass. But if you've done things to block the blessings of God, today you can turn that all around. Would you stand with me? This day, November the 21st, 2021, you can turn that around. You can make it to where that, on purpose, God drops you handfuls of blessings. Jesus stands with his arms outstretched to welcome you back to him again. It's not 
hard. All you have to do is ask, and his forgiveness is there, ready to receive. It's just that simple. You say, oh, it can't nothing be that simple. It is. Bible says, believe in him. Believe that he is the son of God. And I don't know everybody's life here this morning. I don't know if you have served God diligently for years and years and you've just kind of like strayed away. If that's you, you can come this morning and get right back with God. You don't have to go back and do all of this hard stuff. Just come and get ready to receive God's forgiveness again. If you've if you have just forgotten how to be grateful, Pastor preached a great message three Sundays ago on gratitude. Boy, how we need gratitude today. People are just, they just act so ungrateful. If you have forgotten how to be grateful for the blessings of God, big or small, this morning just ask them, Lord, forgive me, I've been ungrateful. I want you to enter into his thanksgiving. All my life, you have been faithful. How many here has God been faithful to you by the raising of your hand? Has God been faithful? Look at that. God has been faithful. I didn't know how the Lord wanted me to do this, but he just dropped it in my spirit. If you're here with friends today, or you just want to adopt a family, that's fine. But as, as families, I want us to come and I want us together right up here. Just start walking out of your pews right now. Just come up here and gather together as families. And, and I want you to just pray with one another. Thanksgiving. I mean, I know Thursday is Thanksgiving. But every day as a Christian should be Thanksgiving. Come on, find somebody. Make your way up here. been so, so good, with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, 
or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.